This, though, had been only a threshold investigation. It was indeed. The investigators did not even interview the detective who attended the scene of the death. The 1982 report acknowledged that factual discrepancies and unanswered questions had surfaced during the Monroe inquiry. Privately, officials today make it clear that they felt they had stumbled into a morass of untruth and obfuscation. Marilyn Monroe may, they surmise, have died by her own hand. Yet they feel something was indeed covered up in 1962. That something involved Monroe's relations with President John Kennedy and his brother Robert. And in particular, Robert Kennedy's activities at the time Monroe died. The DA's men shrug ruefully when they discuss the Kennedy angle. We were not asked, says one, to investigate a political cover-up. With far less excuse, the press at the time preferred the easy wallow in pathos to serious reporting. Afterward, for all the profusion of writing about Marilyn Monroe, no qualified writer attempted a professional inquiry into the last days of the woman most firmly enthroned as the goddess of her century. Norman Mailer, who caused a stir with his book hinting at murder, came to regret not giving it my best effort. Who was the woman who turned herself into Marilyn Monroe? She had a body, in truth, not so unlike other female bodies. How did she make us notice her, more than any other woman, in her time and on into the end of the century? How much of this alchemy was achieved by talent, how much in the carefully chosen embraces of powerful males? What was at the hidden center of the phenomenon that was Marilyn Monroe? Behind the hyperbole and the hysteria, there was a child who grew to be a woman, who was a symbol of love, yet essentially lonely, who died famously but in folly at the age of 36. She postured as the world's mistress, yet yearned for monogamy and motherhood. The profile was crude, while the pursuit was for culture. The brilliance of the actress masked a seriously disturbed psyche. The private person read philosophy and planned gardens, yet drowned in drugs and alcohol. Marilyn Monroe anticipated a decade that trumpeted fulfillment and achieved only confusion. She told her last interviewer, when you're famous, you kind of run into human nature in a raw kind of way. People you run into feel that, well, who is she? Who does she think she is? Marilyn Monroe? It's nice to be included in people's fantasies, but you also like to be accepted for your own sake. With another reporter, a few months earlier, she had mused, I wonder how I'll feel when I'm fifty. Then, her mind turning to birthdays, she mentioned that she was born under the sign of Gemini. What kind of people are Geminis? the reporter asked. Jekyll and Hyde, two in one, came the reply. And that's you? More than two. I'm so many people. They shock me sometimes. I wish I was just me. I used to think I was going crazy until I discovered some people I admired were like that, too. Marilyn and we may call her Marilyn, 
because that is how she is known from Connecticut to the Congo, never saw her fortieth birthday, let alone her half-century. Were she alive today, hard to believe, she would be in her late eighties. Yet her life long remained as unreliably reported as her death had been. I thought it time to grant this goddess a measure of reality. Who do we think she was? In 1983, unrecognized by passers-by, an elderly woman wearing a bucket hat regularly sallied forth into the streets of Gainesville, Florida, riding a tricycle with a red danger flag on the handlebars. The woman was a surprising survivor, Marilyn's octogenarian mother, living out her life in virtual anonymity. Gladys Monroe, for Monroe was the name of Marilyn's maternal grandmother.